another game feels like a national championship caliber game in September. This could potentially be one of those years where Georgia does live up to their expectations. And I think the offensive line is going to be the focal point of Clemson's success or failures in this game. So what we have is Darnell Washington, starting tight end for Georgia, out three to four weeks, foot injury. Boy, this really puts a lot of pressure on Georgia. How will they hold up in the offensive line versus arguably one of the top one, two, or three defensive front sevens in all of college football with the University of Georgia? Was that Georgia offense that we saw the last four games of 2020 what they're going to look like in 2021? Or was that just some sort of a hot streak, right? Then, it, then for Clemson, you need a signature win. If they beat Georgia, they have one. I think for Georgia, it's a little bit more significant. This is going to be a highlight reel waiting to happen. It's going to be interesting to see how this season opens. Release date September 3rd. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to TBD Sportscast with yours truly, Joey. And I'm Mason. Welcome to this episode of TBD Sportscast College Football. This episode is entitled The Biggest Game of the Year. And ladies and gentlemen, it indeed is. This game has been being talked about since the natty. All right. It's been eight long months of yak, 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 yak from so many people. We've had ESPN talking about it. We've had CBS Sports, Fox College Football, CNN, Fox News. I mean, even them, right? <laughs> but no, like this is this is the biggest game of the year because it has so much potential. This is a national championship caliber game in September. And yes, we are talking about Clemson versus Georgia. So so let's kind of get into it real quick, and we're going to start off with the comparison of the quarterbacks. So granted, this isn't the most fair comparison due to games played and stuff like that, uh, but for Clemson, on the Clemson uh, side, they have, of course, DJ Uyagalale, who started two games last season due to COVID protocol with Trevor Lawrence, uh, him starting in the games against Notre Dame and Boston College. Within those two games, DJ had five touchdowns, 914 yards, zero interceptions, and a 66.7% completion, which is 78 completions out of 117. And that was all as a freshman. First time starting. Yeah, definitely. And there's no denying the kid, right? I mean, Uwe Agalale is fantastic yeah he showed out against notre dame even though clemson lost i don't want to hear it the kid was incredible he threw for over 400 yards in that game he was not the reason they lost that game when we look at it but we're jumping in now to jt daniels this kid is incredible okay you know and it's kind of a feel-good story you know tore his acl at usc and jumped into georgia started and you know now he's you know he's here and so you know, the 2020 stats for him are kind of crazy. Over four games, 10 touchdowns, only two interceptions, 1,231 yards, and a 67.2 completion percentage. This kid is incredible, and he's accurate, and he can throw the ball like nobody's business. It's difficult to match these two quarterbacks up because of where they're at, right? This is, this is you know, um, this is Uyagalele's first career start, really. You know what I mean? First season, first season. starting, yeah. Yes. This is JT Daniels at the same time as well, but they're, they're, you know, one's a freshman, one's a junior. So when we look at this, they both played great last season and they both got like, you know, kind of a short start to the season. Right. But when we look at it, I think that we can both agree that JT Daniels probably gets the edge over Uyagalale just due to quarterback experience. Uh, I mean, 
the thing is, like, yeah, you can pair them, you can compare them by stats and stuff like that. But the only only thing I have with comparing quarterbacks is they don't face off against each other. You know, it's quarterback versus de- the the other team's defense. So, in the aspect of who who wins the quarterback battle, I, I honestly think DJ wins it just because of his versatility. He can run. He's got a bullet of an arm. I mean. You know, he's well, more, really, you could say the exact same thing about JT, though. I mean, sure, you know, he can get he can't get out of the pocket as well as Uyagalale, but I mean, I think JT still takes the edge because of starting experience. I mean, when you look at the amount of experience that both these guys have, one only has two games, the other has four at a top, at, you know, at a at a Power Five institution and a career start his freshman year at USC in the Pac-12. And hence why I don't, you know, like compare quarterbacks because that's all fine and good. It's just they're not actually facing off against each other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's so. fair. That's fair because you're right. When it comes down to it, it is. It's quarterback versus defense. Yeah. Uh, and then the next person to kind of look out for the Clemson offense is somebody who not a lot of people know about. Unless you're a Clemson fan, you really don't know about this guy. His name is Justin Ross. And for those of you who do not know about him, let me tell you. 2018, Justin Ross had 46 receptions for exactly 1,000 yards, nine touchdowns, averaging 21.7 yards per catch. In 2019, 66 receptions, 20 more than 2018, granted only having 865 yards, eight touchdowns, only one last with 13.1 yards per catch. Now, 2019, yes, did not look like as great as a season in as 2018 but you also got to realize that in 2019 Justin Ross also had a what some was looking at as a career ending injury and for him to be coming back I mean a lot of people are a little skeptical and stuff like that but this man is to be but you know yeah but this man is still top tier wide receiver yeah, I completely agree with you there. Actually, I was just watching highlights from the 2019 National Championship, and Justin Ross made a huge impact in that game from Trevor Lawrence. And, I mean, catching so many passes and getting a couple touchdowns even. You know, when you look at it, you know, we do have to think, right? It's just going to be kind of like Jalen Waddle when he came back after his, you know, injury. And that was a short time after, right? This is about a year or two after Justin Ross's injury. But is he going to be able to make plays like he needs to be? Or is he going to, you know, not be able to do that and not perform like the Clemson Tigers need him to against this Georgia defense, right? So we will see when it comes to that. But I mean, I actually have high hopes for the guy. I think that he's going to be a weapon for y'all. And I think that that we're going to have to watch out for that kid. And, and, And alongside that, I mean, yeah, there's still some questions about Justin Ross, but a guy who I don't actually have the stats on board uh, with me right now is actually Ngata as well, who's in, he he had his time to play last season a little bit. He, he didn't really play all that much because Clemson is a school who's known to have a lot of great wideouts, whether you know about them or not. Um, and Ngata is another promising player, but when it came down to it, I chose Justin Ross because this guy is just incredible. He's tall, he's fast. He's versatile. Definitely. And when you really look at this, when you ha- when you compare Georgia and Clemson, it's really funny because you look at the Georgia offense and it's all returnees. You look at the Georgia defense, it's new guys. When you look at the Clemson offense, it's all new guys. When you look at the Clemson defense, it's all returnees, right? So that's why this game is so evenly matched. You've got a you know, returner offense versus a returner defense, and you've got a young offense versus a young defense. 
This yeah. game is going to be a very, 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 very amazing matchup. And, and, and the best thing about about this game is it's just a star-studded game. Oh, I mean, yeah. you, you got people like Nolan Turner, Balen Spector, James Skalski, uh, DJ Uyagale, Justin Ross, JT Daniels. I mean... I, I can't name all the guys off Georgia. Kiaris Jackson, James Cook, Samir White. But, like, these are all these are all going to be players that are going to go into the NFL and be absolutely incredible players. When we really look at this, right, this, is, this game is going to be so hard to call because of all these different variables. Like, looking at the Georgia offense, of course we have JT Daniels returning. That's great for us. Also, we have James Cook and Zamir White, who chose to come back for another season instead of entering the draft. But not only them, at running back, we also have Kenny McIntosh and Kendall Milton. And these guys are super underrated players at Georgia. They don't have they haven't gotten a lot of playtime, but when they have gotten that playtime, they've made huge game-changing plays. Right? These guys are going to be huge influences in this game. Also, our main wide receiving core. We have Kiaris Jackson will be in. Jermaine Burton will be in. Another name that a lot of people have been talking about, Marcus Rosemey Jackson. This is the guy who scored the touchdown against Florida last year and broke his leg in the end zone. And he's on the comeback. Uh, I don't even want to think about that that play again. Oh, my gosh. That was awful just watching, and I think it ruined my night that night. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, he's on the come up. I've seen videos of him in spring practice and fall practice. The dude is playing great. Two guys that look great in the spring game, Arian Smith and Adonai Mitchell. These guys are going to be huge influences as well. Now, the number one name that people have been asking about on our offense, Darnell Washington. Will Darnell Washington be playing this weekend? He's questionable. We don't know. He got hurt at fall practice with Tyke Smith. Both of them have been out. We don't know which one of them are going to be starting. But if I had to put my money on it, I would say that Darnell Washington starts. From what I've heard from Kirby Smart in the PR department, I'm pretty sure he's going to be starting. And when we look at our defense as well, I mean, we've got 340-pound defensive lineman Jordan Davis, who is can run, actually, surprisingly, we got Nicobe Dean, Adam Anderson, Lewis Sign, and we have Darian Kendrick. I have no idea if this guy's going to be starting, but if, if, if he does, that would be cool for us, I guess. And for you Clemson fans out there, if you recognize the name you do, it's the guy who choked all the games. It, it was the cornerback who couldn't cover. Except for the beginning of the season, but the end of the season, yeah. So looking at <laughs> Clemson's defense, like, what do you think is going to happen coming up against our offense? Uh, when I really think about it, I mean, Clemson has a loaded, like, loaded they cornerback position. Do. They have Andrew, Bo- Andrew Booth and Mario Goodrich, uh, for example. Two cornerbacks, um, both having two interceptions last year, both having a fumble cor- recovery as well. Then you have Nolan Turner at the safety position, who, I mean... You got to worry about tossing it over the head to the defense. Then you got James Skalski, Balen Specter, as at the linebacker position as well, who not only can rush but they can cover. And then you have Brian Bercy and that always well-known Clemson defensive line. I mean, I feel like the defense, although last season wasn't the best. I mean, COVID protocols and stuff like that kind of hurt them a good bit. Uh, but I think the defense this year, with their age with their experience, with who we brought in and stuff like that, I think I think it's going to be the best defense that JT Daniels has faced off against. And I got to say, I definitely agree with you. This is 100% the best defense that Georgia has faced in the past couple of years. 
Alabama, you know, barred because I think def- I think defensive wise, Clemson's got one of the best defenses in the nation. I but, mean, you can even say I mean last season's Alabama defense, although they had great players here and there. Again, Patrick Sertan coming to mind. Um, last season's Alabama defense was just non-existent. It was not a Alabama defense. Definitely. I mean, they definitely held Ohio State, and that was a great, great job. But, you know, when it comes down to it, I mean, Georgia, I think, has a better defense, especially even coming into this year. Like, we've picked up a lot of people, and we definitely still have a lot of people left over. Like I said, Jordan Davis, Kobe Dean, Adam Anderson, Lewis Sign, Keely Ringo, and with the signing of Darian Kendrick on our team as well, I mean, this is this is a really, really good thing for us. So this game is just so hard to call because, like we said, there's so many variables. Will the Clemson O-line be able to stand up to the blitzes from and the havoc from the Georgia defense? Will Georgia's offense be able to get past Clemson's stacked, stacked defense? It's so hard to call this game. But unfortunately, we have to. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to let you go first with your explanation. Oh, great. Uh, so, I mean, I don't really have much of an ex- explanation except for the fact that for the longest time coming up to this day, I honestly did not have an opinion on who was going to win and who was going to lose. Uh, I didn't want to really express it or anything like that. It wasn't, you know, it's like one of those things where I don't want to speak it into the world and then it just kind of flip on me. Um, but when it comes down to it, I mean... I really think that Clemson's defense, having the people that they have, and then some of the top talents still on offense, although young, I think Clemson comes out on it. I don't think it's going to be a shootout like a lot of people are saying. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think Clemson edges out. I mean, you're looking at a Georgia offense who just now is liking to throw it, but they're a run-first kind of team. And also Kirby Smart especially as of recent when it comes to games top top of the line games Kirby Smart has a tendency to lead most of the game and then just kind of second half comes out and he just kind of you know so so before I make my pick I have to say this this game like Joey said this will not be a blowout by either team this is one of the close like one of the most closest matched games that we have all season is not going to be a blowout. This is going to be 100% a close game. When it comes down to it, in my opinion, and again, this is so hard to pick because there's so many variables. If Kirby Smart doesn't choke and he figures out a way to play through the entire game and not just get a lead and try to skim by, if he can play the entire 60 minutes, I think with the defensive core that we have, plus our experienced offense, I think that will be enough to give Georgia the edge. So my pick is definitely going to be Georgia. And I'm not confident in it. I'm not confident in that pick. This is a last-minute decision. I was leaning Clemson. I was leaning Georgia. I kept flip-flopping back and forth. But ultimately, I think I'm going to give the edge to Georgia. And I hope that I'm right. But But honestly, if I'm not, I will not be surprised. I will yeah. not be surprised if I'm if I'm wrong because these are just two great teams. But either way, I just know that it's not going to be like 35 to 10 Clemson or 35 I mean, to 10 Georgia. This is going to be like probably within a field goal if I had to guess. Yeah, and I mean, like we said last episode, no matter the result and at the beginning of this episode, no matter the result 
of what happens in this game. These are two most likely going to be two playoff contending teams uh, between Georgia and Clemson and possibly the national championship teams if things work out. Granted, how we reacted last season, we don't like seeing possible rematches or rematches, period. So, I mean, I'm sorry. I hope it doesn't turn out that way. But, I mean, you know, this is possibly a game where it's saying, you know, who's number one, who's number two, or who's number one, who's number four, who's number one, who's number three, you know. But notice there's always a number one. So, Yeah, and I think no matter what, if this, if whoever gets the loss, if both teams go undefeated, I think they're still both in the playoffs. Yeah, because I mean, like we said, like when 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 CFP committee looks at this, they're going to say, okay, well, who is the loss? And it's going to be okay. Well, it was a top ranked Clemson or a top ranked Georgia, right? So I mean, I think that even with a loss, if these teams can both go undefeated, they both still end up in the playoffs. And I hope we don't see a rematch, like you said. But it is, it's going to be what it is, you know. And you know. Um, I know it may seem hard to believe, but there are other games happening in college football this week. So we yeah, have taken let's a predict look. the upsets. <laughs> you know me; I'm an upset guy. But listen, this is our big week one matchups. All right. So this starting on Thursday, number four OSU Ohio State playing at Minnesota. Who you got? Uh, first of all, any Ohio State or Minnesota fans? Um, can you please explain to me why this is on a Thursday? But, <laughs> I mean, other than that, <laughs> I, I I think this game, with how Minnesota was just disappointing last season, I think Ohio State ends up winning this game. Do I think Ohio State will win out the rest of the season? That's for a further topic. But, yeah, Ohio State this game. Yeah, I'm, I got to go right with there with you. And, again, I don't agree with them being at four. We had them at ten in our preseason. <laughs> But, yeah, I got to go with OSU. I don't see Minnesota pulling this out. I mean, it would be really, really cool if they did, right? What are they, the Golden Gophers? Something like that. So, like, I'm going to be a Minnesota fan this this Thursday. But, like, if if they don't win, that's fine. That's that's expected. They got some really cool uniforms coming out this season. They do. But that's fine. That's expected. And, you know, something else, too, I really thought that I hated Alabama the most for, for the longest time, but I found out this past season it's Ohio State. I was trying to think. I was like, if there's, is there any team that would play against Ohio State where I would pull for Ohio State? And I got to say, no, I will always pull against Ohio State. Can't, I just, just can't do it, man. I would do the same thing. I would, I would say <laughs> go, go Gamecocks over, or over <laughs> Ohio State, which is weird. I've been saying that a few times lately. Definitely. And so here we go, Friday. Number 10, UNC at Virginia Tech. Joe, I got to ask before you make your pick, do you see an upset? Surprisingly, yeah. This Virginia Tech team has a history of giving, first of all, UNC a hard time winning, and then any other top-tier team a hard time winning. Uh, This is at Virginia Tech. I mean, UNC has history of struggling against this team do i think it's going to happen i don't think so but it's really hard to go against it i'm gonna choose unc i'm choosing unc it's it's one of the best teams in the acc they're they're the closest team to clemson um as a lot of people have been saying so i'm i gotta choose unc i'm just putting faith in mac brown um uh, I don't know. We'll see if Virginia Tech can do it, though. So I have Sam Howell 
on it as my quarterback in fantasy. So, no, I'm just messing. I really think that UNC is going to win it. I don't see Virginia Tech coming out with this. UNC have added way too many starters to this team. They brought out way too many people. They still have Sam Howell starting. I don't see I don't see VT winning this at all. Now, I, I got to say something, though. Until you, I haven't been to a Virginia Tech game, but I've seen how the team comes out. They come out to enter Sandman. Bro, it's sometimes hype. if it's hype enough, it, it gives a whole <laughs> new energy to the team that I've never seen before. Uh, Taj Boyd versus Virginia Tech. Uh, I was scared the whole game. I was like, who are these guys? Like, So anything can happen with this team, which is crazy, but. I think UNC comes out with it. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, moving on now to Saturday, finally, Saturday games, the real college football games. <laughs> so one of our <laughs> biggest matchups, number 19, Penn State, at number 12, Wisconsin, at 12 p.m. What do you think? I say Wisconsin. I, I, uh, I'm i holding Penn State against that 0-6 start last season. I mean, I can get that, but still. Uh, although they had a good end of the season, I'm looking at the team and I'm just not seeing many guys that I can, you know, like Wisconsin is a team who I know is a solid team and Penn State is just a bunch of, you know, like I'm just kind of iffy on a lot of the players. Nah, I'm I'm going with Penn State. I I think that they're too I think that it's I mean, Wisconsin definitely has the home field advantage, but I think Penn State just takes it on a win, bro. That's I what I think. You. I see an upset there. I see an upset there. I see, I see Penn State taking on Wisconsin and winning. I hear you. Now, this next game. This is probably the second biggest game of the week that people have been talking about. I'm I'm very – this is another game where I'm like, yo, if you're a Miami or an Alabama fan, why is it happening at 3.30? Why is this not a primetime game? Probably because Georgia and Clemson already have the primetime spot. Well, yeah, but you also have UCLA versus LSU at 8.30. So like, I mean that's fair, <laughs> but, but I think I think it's probably because they're looking for more viewership, which they would probably get at three thirty in the afternoon. Yeah, then people are probably going to be watching the Clemson Georgia game at seven thirty and not watching UCLA LSU. Yeah, but, but so, yeah, Alabama versus Miami in yeah. Atlanta at three thirty. Can I be honest? Always. Um, it's taking a whole lot for me not to just want to say Miami's going to win this. That's a that's a tough gamble, dude. It's a tough gamble, but I mean, with a healthy Derek King, we already know their offense is really good. Their defense, it's missing a few spots after the draft. Well, we'll we can admit that. Miami is not the most promising team in the ACC. They're what the third best team in the ACC. Um, granted, their percentage I actually saw their percentage of going to the ACC championship is higher than UNC's right now. Wow. Yeah, the third highest percentage, Virginia Tech. That's crazy. Yeah, but I also just don't know about Alabama. I, they lost so many people in the draft, but it is Alabama. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, they have a millionaire yeah. as the quarterback. Yeah, so, and, and Nick Saban, I mean, we talk, we've called him like, you know, the god of coaching. And, I mean, he really kind of is. He's, he's just such a great coach. And if anybody can rally a team on a on a rebuilding year and bring them back, it's it's gonna be Nick Saban. I think it's gonna be a good game though. Oh yeah, definitely for sure. I think my pick for this game, I'm still gonna go with my guy. I'm gonna say that Alabama wins this. I do not see Miami taking this. I mean, I think it's probably gonna be closer than a lot of people think, but I don't see an upset here. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot closer than a lot of people think. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Even though I just really want to say Miami, I, I got to go Alabama. I really want to say Al, uh, Miami, but I, I got to say Alabama. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, it's again, it's one of those games that could go either way, man. I mean, we've seen, you know, unranked teams come in. I mean, we saw South Carolina beat Georgia in, 28, or in 2019. Anything's possible. Okay. We're not going to talk so. about that game, though, because things happened after that game that not a lot of people were happy about. <laughs> All right, number 17 at number 18, Iowa at 3.30. This game is going to be interesting simply because you have the number 17 and the number 18 team, and whoever wins is going higher. So, <laughs> I just like Indiana. Like, I do too. But I, We I, both yeah. fell in love with them last season. Such a great team. And they have everybody coming back. Yeah, they so. do. I'm, I'm excited to see Felix Penix Jr. out there again. Oh, my gosh, yes. The comeback year after he tore his ACL, he's starting again, dude. I, I think he's going to be in there like swimwear, all right? And they should so have beaten Ohio State last season. They should have. They were, like, that close. A miss. <laughs> you know, they, I mean, they had, you know, that stupid pass interference call that was not pass interference. But, nah, man, I you're right. We're in love with them. But, I mean, even just factually, their team looks, it looks so much better put together. I do not see the slight upset here. I'm going with 17 Indiana to take this one home. I think it'll be, I think it'll be a good defensive game by Iowa. But when it comes down to it, I think Indiana wins it uh, just because their offense is really good. And um, I think their defense is going to be much more improved. I don't think it's going to be one of those seasons where it's just who can score the most touchdowns and stuff. So uh, the next game is 23 Louisiana versus 21 Texas. And I know some of y'all are probably going wit, but. I mean, Texas, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, and 100%, I'm going to go ahead and put my pick in there. It's got to be Texas. I don't see Louisiana pulling this out. I mean, they've definitely had a really, really good season last year. And again, it was a COVID season, so you had to take that into account, right? But still, I think that Texas is going to pull this one out. I don't even agree with them being at 21. They were at seven in our, you know, in our um, top 25. So yeah, I, I, see, I see Texas winning this one, though. This is going to be a Texas win for sure. I see that. This is, yeah, that's going to be a Texas win. And they actually just announced their quarterback, which I can't remember his name right off the top of my head. But just recently they announced their starting quarterback, uh, which is the one that I really liked. But, yeah, Texas is going to win this. Um, I think this one is going to be the blowout match. So we have number 16, LSU at UCLA, the University of California, Los Angeles at 830. This is going to be the blowout for sure. So here's the thing with this game. They played Hawaii last Saturday, and everybody was like, oh, my gosh, Pac-12 champions, uh, all this stuff. And I just got to say, dude, no, Hawaii is not a good team. This is definitely, you know, like a warm-up game. This is not a, hey, let's put these two great teams together and watch them battle. No, like, no. This is, hey, let's get a warm-up game. Let's get us our players feeling good, and let's get in there. And they beat them 55-3. to Expected. Everybody expected UCLA would in that, to win that game. So, no, I do not think that UCLA will win this. I'm going to give this to LSU, and I think it's going to be a blowout. <laughs> UCLA is going to win this game. And it's not based off the Hawaii game. This is based off of LSU. No, LSU putting beside no. my hatred of LSU, Chip Kelly and his offense, his offensive nature. 
will put this team over top LSU. This is an LSU team going to Louisiana, or not Louisiana, <laughs> Los Angeles, LA. You're going to put them ac- across the country with a team who, do we not remember last season LSU? They struggled like crazy. And I mean, the Florida game that they won because of a shoe being tossed. I mean, it probably would have gone into overtime either way. No, Florida would have won. No. Anyways. I don't think so. UCLA is the better team. No. The only reason LSU is ranked is because their name is Louisiana State University. That's my pick. I mean, LSU was ranked at ours, and and, uh, UCLA wasn't either. I mean, LSU was like 23 in ours, but still, I still don't see UCLA taking this game. Everybody thought they were, like was talking about like like Pac-12 champions and like whatever and like and like no I don't think they're going to be Pac-12 champions at least not I mean sure they it, might have an edge be contenders. in this yeah, sure they'll be contenders but I mean still nah dude I still see I okay just for the record I still see UC or I still see USC and Oregon being in the Pac-12 champ in the Pac-12 yeah. championship but no I do not see UCLA winning this I see LSU taking this one all the way back to Baton Rouge bro you can count you can hold me to that UCLA in a close game. LSU can't hold up. Their offense can't score. Their defense is what's holding them up. UCLA figures out a way to score around LSU's uh, uh, score around LSU's defense. Game all comes down to the final two minutes of the fourth quarter. Chip Kelly on top. Dude, I just don't see it. I see LSU. <laughs> I, I I see LSU blowing them out, dude. That's that's what I see. I don't I don't agree with you. I think LSU's defense is actually good. And I think that their offense is having a turnaround, especially with Max Johnson starting again. And he, we saw him do great things against Florida. And I mean, you, you can't deny Max Johnson against Florida. That kid played a good game. He Florida good could team. not hold up it against, against enough, that though. kid. I mean, they won the game. I mean, maybe not in the you know late in the fourth quarter, but throughout the whole game, the kid played a good game. The kid played a good game. The defense finally stepped it up. The Florida defense finally set it up in the fourth quarter. I do not see UCLA winning this, bro. This has got to be an LSU win for sure. All right. But now, moving on, our final game on a Sunday. That's football day. That's NFL day. That's NFL day. And so we're going to have college football. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I mean, I love having college football five days out of the week next week. Don't get me wrong. Okay. I'm ready to watch the Coastal Chanticleers take on Citadel. Okay. Oh, yeah. But Sunday, number nine, Notre Dame at Florida State University at 730. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I would just like to say, if you haven't noticed the trend already, I'm liking my upsets this year. I do not see Notre Dame as the best, as the number nine team in the the nation. not. No, sir. And I think the FSU will be able to pull this one off. First game. Of course, I don't think Notre Dame has their pieces together. I think FSU sneaks up to them and wins. And to be completely honest, yeah, FSU. I'm picking Florida State. There's, no, I mean, after what we saw Notre Dame do last year against Alabama and Clemson in the ACC championship, there's no way. I think Florida State's got a stronger program. I mean, it might be a pretty matched you know, game or pretty evenly matched game, but either way, nah, dude. I see, I see Florida State taking this. I don't think no, I dude. Honestly, I don't even think Notre Dame should be in the top fifteen, bro. I don't yeah. think they were in ours. No, they were like number twenty, I think, somewhere around there. It was, it was, it was not close. I mean, don't get me wrong. Notre Dame has a def- decent team, 
but I mean they were struggling with their best players on their team last season and now they're gone and who are they left with they don't even have Ian Book anymore bro they just have their coaching staff that's just about it so I mean and they lost Clark Leia <laughs> like at Vanderbilt now yeah I, and I mean like I could be completely wrong with saying Florida State's going to win this but Florida State Definitely, I completely agree. And, you know, Florida State, man. And, you know, there's going to be so many other great college football matchups this week. We're very excited about Clemson, Georgia, though. We're definitely going to be covering that next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of TBD Sportscast College Football. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Mason. And I'm Joey. And always remember, no matter what team you pull for, if you're on God's side, you're always on the winning team. Always remember that God showed his love for us and that while we were still sinners, he sent his only son to die for us. And you can know that freedom in Christ. If you ever have any questions about that, hit up our DMs on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, even leave a comment on this YouTube video. We will get back to you. We will talk about Jesus with you and we will always make sure that you know that you are loved, you were created for a purpose, and that you are worth being here. Thank you so much for watching TVD Sportscast and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Later. Later.